There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello. You're listening to BFN. This is the podcast about IVF, infertility, and the trials of trying for a baby. I'm Emma. I'm Gabby, and we're both card-carrying members of the Infertility Club. Shout out to Kate. Yes, our superhero that came and saved us. Yeah, so she has sorted us out a place to record, and um, it's what can I describe? It's like a cool boardroom. Yeah, we're in a fucking boardroom, like we're super important. Yeah, and we can hear the traffic of London outside, and we've got a bit of aircon going on. It's very atmospheric. It is very atmospheric. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Kate is an absolute legend. Kate's our hero. We've got a really interesting episode today. We do. So we are talking to our first anonymous guest, mm-hmm. Nadia. Nadia. And um, now we've talked. We've had done a couple of episodes where we have talked a little bit about the experience of infertility and race. Yes. Um, and we've talked to two black women about that. Yeah. But Nadia is coming at it from a Muslim point of view, which is equally interesting. It really is because we're talking about the kind of the racial side and we're talking about the religious side and yeah. we're also just talking about like infertility generally. Yeah. Nadia is just so sweet. She's yeah. such, a, such a great person. And she was fucking easter eggs. I know. That's like, amazing. That was amazing. What a ledge. Nobody has bought us chocolate before. <laughs> Guests need to step up. Yeah, so it's a really interesting interview. So, yeah, and it'll be coming up first. Hope you enjoy it. Yes, it will because we are. We got good feedback on our yeah the switcheroo up, yeah, yeah. Um, format. So we'll be continuing with that. Yeah, um, yeah, really interesting. And please let us know what you think about our conversation because um, I think it's just a really. It's not a discussion that's had enough. Oh, and Nadia also has started a Instagram account to discuss this stuff more. Oh, has she? Yes, um, with someone else. And they're called Ananas Sisters. Ananas is at least German for pineapple. Oh, I think it's French as well. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Amazing. I saw that. I didn't realise it was Nadia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, brilliant. It's the two of them. Um, so check that out as well if you're and interested. And I will as this. well. Yeah, follow them. Totes. their asses um no professor tim this week unfortunately not um 
My fault. Not your fault. It is my fault. Mate, you've got so much to do. I know. I just um, juggling a full time job and you know, I life ju- I just podcast. Yeah, I didn't I didn't reach out to him on time, so we've missed missed our opportunity to have him this week. He will be back. He will be back. Because he bloody loves answering our questions. Particularly because they're so weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, hopefully he'll be back next week. Yes. Um and other than that, please rate and review the podcast because yes, please. we love hearing from you and we also like it when people say nice stuff about us. We do. We like it very much. And also, you can follow us. You can on Instagram at Big Fat Negative. On Facebook, Big Fat Negative. On Twitter, at Big Fat Negative. Or you can email us. Big Fat Negative Podcast at gmail.com. And also, can you follow me on Instagram, please? Because I've got like 700 less followers than Gabby, and I'm bitter. <laughs> she WhatsApp me at work the other day, furious, <laughs> to find out that I had more followers than her. Like, I can accept that you have more, but 700. Mate, whatever. You know, what can I say? I'm at BFN Emma. <laughs> please unfollow BFN Gabby. Follow me, follow me <laughs> at BFN Gabby. <laughs> And please have a great week. Yep, absolutely. Nadia, welcome. Hi. How are you doing? Good, thanks. How about you guys? Really good. Yeah, we're we're excited to have you here. Especially since you just bought us presents. Oh my god, you just she just bought us Easter eggs with our names on. It's like the best thing that's ever happened. And non-alcoholic wine. Which is delicious. That probably makes you our best guest yet. Oh, excited. (laughs) On the leaderboard. (laughs) On the leaderboard. (laughs) Nadia's at the top, then Katie. (laughs) Um, So also you're our first anonymous guest, which makes us feel like um, we're in like crime watch or something. I feel like I should change my voice. Yeah. Mm, Put like a muffler. (laughs) Different accents throughout the show. (laughs) Keep everyone on their toes. And just pitch it differently as well. It's like sometimes going really squeaky. (laughs) You may try that. Well, really looking forward to that. Um, As you hopefully know, we always start off by talking about people's journey. So tell us about yours. Right. So I'm not going to attempt the accent just yet. (laughs) So my journey started, I guess, when I decided I wanted to have children, so before I even met my husband, was my, the start of my journey. Okay, that's fair enough. So when I decided I wanted children, I thought, right, now I need to find a man to have these children with. <laughs> yeah. So off I went, found my husband, not as quickly, but you know, mm-hmm. um, and we had decided we wanted children quite early on, but um, we were we got married about about a year and a half after meeting so we thought mm. it was quite soon to plan for children mm-hmm. and so we thought we'd take a few years out and then we thought oh we'll just start and we're like oh we'll start this month because then the baby will be born that month yeah and, yeah. And, yeah you know this, yeah the, the planning yeah, yeah planning we stage. did all of that and he was like oh I don't want children in that month because my siblings are born in that month they'll be annoying oh, yeah, yeah, we're like absolutely. oh and I was like don't worry we could miss it you know and then months and months went on and nothing. Mm. And I was just like, I think we're doing something wrong. And he was like, no, I just don't think we're having enough sex. And I was like, mm, and I think we probably are. But I just think... <laughs> we, <laughs> we are, babe. We yeah, are. <laughs> we genuinely are. But I think there's something else that's wrong. So he was like, okay. And I've had irregular periods since I was about 16 or 17. Mm-hmm. Mm. But they've always come. So sometimes they'll... T- come every 50 days sometimes every 60 yeah. sometimes every 40 so there was no real pattern but they've always been there um so I just thought oh well 
it will happen. Um, and the advice on the NHS website is every, have sex every two to three days. So we were doing all of that. I was taking all these prenatals thinking, oh, this is going to be great. Yeah. You know, we're all prepared. I've read up on this before I've even yeah. started trying. And um, then I went to the doctors and they're like, oh, it's not been a year go away just carry on trying right and I was like I've already got an underactive thyroid so I know that that's likely to impact it and they're like oh don't worry about it your thyroid levels aren't that bad at the moment and you don't need medication for it so off you go just carry on trying just go and have more sex more sex than every two to three days you must have been exhausted (laughs) but also my husband travels a lot for work so he's not always there so Mm -hmm. it was becoming a bit of a nightmare trying to plan his work trips around my (laughs) erratic cycles so what we would have to do is I'd have to block book leave so I could potentially travel with him or he would have to like not book his tickets until essentially the week before depending on when my cycle would come so it'd be it was really difficult for both of us to manage work because we were so insistent on trying for this baby. That is such dedication. <laughs> that is dedication. <laughs> so you would travel then, with him. And it was just, it was a bit weird because everyone at work would be like, you can't work this week, but you can work that week. And it says, maybe you need leave, but maybe you don't. And I was like, oh, something may come up. And it was, <laughs> <laughs> so it was just, so I just used to book oh whenever I thought my cycle would cut, yeah, my period, yeah. when it would be time to ovulate. Um, and then last summer, I got a really bad virus, um, which the doctors couldn't work out what was wrong with me. But that managed me to get some tests done. And then they said, oh, well, you've got um, prob- likely to have PCOS. Yeah. And you've got a very um, low vitamin D levels. And you've I've been anemic for some time. So they said all those factors combined oh. are likely to impact your fertility. Oh, cheers. So here, we'll give you medication for all four things. Okay. Um, and so they put me on metformin um, because to help ovulate because they thought I wasn't ovulating right and that's um that kind of like a clomid equivalent right it is but uh, I've learned through this um online community that you can actually take clomid whilst taking metformin okay but metformin is one of the things they can give you um but because also I was told I was insulin resistant so I was getting to pre-diabetic um, so they said take all these pills and in three to six months we'll review you and it'll be hopefully you'll get pregnant in that time okay and it's like coming up to a year since that time and they keep saying just keep taking these drugs and wow. keep trying and don't don't worry it will happen I mean sometimes it just takes a bit of time and it's like it's coming up to two years now yeah. and we still have no child and I've been taking these drugs and yeah <laughs> I'm like where are we going with this so that's, take me seriously. Yeah, so essentially that's roughly where we're at with the journey. We're still going through some testing through the NHS. Mm-hmm. Through research, I found that I probably need to lose weight to get an IVF referral, but my GP's never told me that. Oh, cool, really? So, yes, so that was... They've just said, oh, it would help you to lose a bit of weight to stop being... to re- reduce your risks of being mm. pre-diabetic, mm. but they've never actually said you need to lose weight to have an IVF referral so okay. through research I've learned that that's something yeah. I need to do and it's a bit like well thanks you could have told me this when I came a year yeah. and a half or two years ago oh, that's frustrating and so um so what is happening now so you're still waiting for a referral we're still waiting for a referral and doing tests so they God. they would just keep hoping that if they do repeat tests we'll fall pregnant in that time so and we've made a decision if we don't get referral by a certain date, then we'll pay privately. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because it's just it's just taken too long. Well, <coughs> yeah, it just seems ridiculous that, you know, it all is... of those things have happened and yet they're still not 
kind of other than giving you those drugs they're not going to no. take any action and it's only because i asked for metformin when they'd said we think you're pre- you're likely to be pre-diabetic mm. and we think you're not ovulating i said well could i take metformin is that an option to me mm. and then the doctor got back to me after a few days and said yes i've spoken to the head gp at the practice and he said yes you can take that but that's for a tra- trial period of three to six months and that was many months ago has passed since that six month cutoff and they're like I will review it in November and I'm like no that's it's yeah, no. a really long time and I think we need to that's progress a long time this. to be in one drug as well I know and I mean lots of people have really bad side effects to it I mean I don't seem to have any effect to it so I'm like what's the point of me taking so this it drug hasn't, like sorted out your cycles or um, it's made reduced them more... it's helped slightly but they're still not consistent mm. so I still have my cycles are still erratic they're reduced from what they were yeah um, and I tried acupuncture but that had made it quite erratic okay so right okay. Yeah. which is apparently they work for everyone but they just didn't work for me <laughs> I think it's yeah. frustrating acupuncture is the funny one isn't it I think it it has a certain amount it helps yeah but then sometimes it doesn't I think it depends on people right yeah I think, it, yeah, I think it's depends. different yeah okay so can I mean obviously we've You've chosen to hide your identity. Yes. Um, and can you tell us a bit about yourself, though? And can you tell us a bit about why you've chosen to do that? Um, the reason... Well, one, I wanted to hide my identity because I'm a bit of an introvert. So I felt like it's <laughs> it's such a personal thing to yeah. share it with everyone. I just don't feel that's me. And it's not something I would normally do. I wouldn't share if I had another type of illness or an issue. I wouldn't mm-hmm. um, tell everybody. Um, another thing was we've my husband's got a very large family and... I just didn't want everybody in his family to know. Mm. So we've mm-hmm. told our immediate families and people we're close to, and we've told our close friends, but I have not told everyone. So there's lots of people in our lives that I wouldn't want necessarily to know yeah. that we're going through this. So close work colleagues know, but not everybody at work. And, and I work for a quite a large organisation with quite a client-facing role, so it's quite a public role. Mm-hmm. And so I wouldn't want everyone I interact with on a day-to-day basis to necessarily know that this is what I'm going through. Yeah. And the um, I won't say exactly what you do, but there are children involved in yes. your job. How do you manage that when you're kind of going through what you're going through? I think the most common thing that arises is most people ask you when you're working in a f- field with children is, do you have children yourself? Yeah. And, and that's just small talk that people mm. ask you. And I just say, no, it's a quick, abrupt no. Mm. I mean, more recently, I've opened up slightly to select people. And I've said, oh, no, we're trying, but we haven't got there yet. And I feel that that's come from feeling more comfortable and talking about it through the online Insta community. And if I didn't have that, then I probably would still be really reserved and would never have mentioned it at all. We were talking the other day about... Um... I was saying that sometimes I have this need, it's like trying to pick a scab where you just want to make people feel bad about their fertility. So you're just like, no, I can't have them. And then they feel really bad. Yeah, I haven't done that just yet. Mm. <laughs> because I've got to that normally point yet. it's someone in a work setting yeah. who is not directly a work colleague, but is another professional I'm working with. So I feel like it's it would be really awkward if I was to say that in a yeah, way. Yeah, totally. So I haven't got there yet, but I've no. said that to our nurse and our sorry our receptionist at the chiropractor and she knows both me and my husband we both go there together and I know her daughter's pregnant at the time at the currently and she was like oh so what how old are you oh and how long have you been together because she knows both of us coming and I was just like oh I didn't expect this from her but okay and then she was like oh so don't you want children I said actually we we do want children we just haven't got there yet it's Uh not happened 
And she was like, and I said it in a really abrupt tone because I was just like really <laughs> pissed off. Mm, yeah. And then she was like, oh, don't worry. It's not happened yet, but it will. And because she, she was so upbeat, I didn't know yeah. how to like come back at her. So I just yeah. said, I just said nothing after that. It's fingers crossed. <laughs> I think I might be an evil person. I just like sometimes take pleasure in it. And just being yeah. like, no, well, I can't know. have them. I think it's picking the audience. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> um, okay, so... The reason you're on and the reason we've had a lot of chats is because you messaged us after we spoke to Yvonne John to talk about why it was really important that we give people of colour a platform. Why is it important to you? Like, what what was that conversation we had? Well, initially, when I joined Instagram on this really weird name, (laughs) Instaname, um, I didn't join it to join the TTC community. I didn't know there was one that existed. Uh Um, I joined it to get away from people in my real life who yeah. had just been posting lots of babies and pregnancy announcements and then I found um, Alice Rose's campaign around uh-huh. Christmas and I was like oh my god this is amazing and mm. then it lit that fed into so many other people and then I was just thinking there's nobody here of color I mean that was just one thing and I was like is it that we just don't go through it which clearly that's not the case because I'm going through it yeah. but it's a case of people just don't talk about it uh-huh. and I can see why because obviously I'm also anonymous so I can yeah. see why people don't always feel comfortable sharing that and I found the theme with people of color that talk about infertility are once they've had their child and it's so f- funny because before that I'd always said as soon as I have a baby I'm going to tell everybody this is a baby conceived through struggle yeah, yeah I just yeah. don't feel comfortable to do that now for everyone yeah but I've always said, as soon as I have a baby, I'm going to tell everybody. Because it almost feels like that's a safety net and a, a blanket to say, listen, I've I did, had these problems, but I'm through it now. Mm. And it's, I feel like in culturally, in Asian culture... And we should point out here that you're from a Muslim background. I am from a Muslim background, and I'm also South Asian. Um, and in the Asian culture, it's very much, your role is very much dependent on, I feel, being a wife and a mother. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's taught to you from quite a young age so I'd find people that who aren't married by certain age the common question is why are you not married Mm -hmm. because that's also a big stigma so then once you finally get married the next step is when are you going to have a baby and when someone has one baby they're asked when are you going to have two or three because there's an expectation that you'll have large families yeah um so we had always decided that we didn't plan to have children very early on even though we both knew we wanted children we'd already yeah. picked out our baby names before we'd even got married <laughs> so we, same we, so we've got four names we've picked in the hope that we would have four children and we'd planned it and we talked about being parents from very early on in our relationship but we just knew it wasn't the right time for us to have been married for about two and a half three years mm-hmm. and literally a month after we'd got married people started asking me when are you going to have a baby Mm. when are you going to have a baby and I'd put on about three stone very quickly in our marriage people like are you on birth control (laughs) like why are you doing that and it's like I hadn't even answered the question there's people I didn't know very well they were just in the community saying um you shouldn't be taking birth control don't focus on your career and I was just like Wow. I'm not focused, like, it was just like all these assumptions being made because I'm working and yeah. a professional that that must be the reason we don't have children. It's because it's something that I'm not prepared to stay at home and do. Yeah. And I remember once someone said, um, 
well done, you've got this fantastic achievement of work, but when are you going to have children? It's your time to have children now. You need to really focus on that. You've done your work thing. As if, as if both can't happen <laughs> yeah, yeah. at the same time. But also, as if you've you're not focused on that. Like, I know. <laughs> it's so Because when you're trying for a baby, it's all you think about, even though you try and be cool about it. Like, you, you do your job, and you do it well, because we are women, and we are good at that. But you think about only having babies all the time. Mm. I know. And I think... Because there's always this notion that you would have children, I've, I think it's so much harder to say it in an Asian community mm-hmm. that actually I'm struggling to have yeah. a child, which everyone everyone I know seems to ha- get pregnant within the first or second year of marriage. Everybody. And I, this mm. includes siblings, cousins, family, friends. And often people have said, oh, how long have you been married? Oh, we've had, we got married at the same time as you and we have two children or we have this many children. And that's a response. And it's like a like a dig to say well yes. we managed to have these kids in that time what did you do so there's no sensitivity about it. none whatsoever and very blunt okay and we went on holiday and someone said to me just out of the blue how's your fertility treatment going and I was like uh, by the way I hadn't started fertility <laughs> treatment at this point I still haven't I'm still on these stupid drugs um. Um, and I was like um I'm sorry what and she was like well presumably on fertility treatment because you haven't had children yet and you've been married for years and I said no she said well everyone should normally everyone just goes for um to the fertility doctor after a year if you don't get pregnant and I was just like it was just an assumption that we would have tried from day one and I have haven't even bothered telling all these people no actually we didn't try because we that wasn't our plan yeah oh my god and so I mean, someone mentioned it then. Someone mentioned fertility clinics. Do you know anyone within your community that has been through it or is going through it? I know people that have been through it, but they've only said it a lot later. So my mum was telling me the other day, because I was telling her about I'm on these pills and she's diabetic so she was like oh my god you're taking metformin and I was like yes mum but I haven't got diabetes don't worry I was trying to explain to her yeah. what it was yeah. for and she was like oh you know your aunt like she had um, her twins through IVF and I was like but my cousins are 18 and you never told me why didn't anyone say this and it was always like we all assumed because they hadn't had children for a really long time yeah and then twins but we were just like okay that May yeah. just happened, and then she's like, and this other person was in our family. She's like, oh, she had um, some minor surgery, and then she fell pregnant. And I was just like, oh, this is interesting. All these things have happened, but it's coming out, but people don't really talk about it. It's really, and do you feel like you could go up to those people and ask them about it? I don't feel I could, considering they've never shared that information yeah. with me, and their children, like one of the people's children, are in their thirties, and the others are <laughs> like eighteen. And I think if you've never shared it, and you've yeah. had children that old yeah then it's it's hard to bring it up it's yeah it's, it's a bit awkward to say oh by the way you did you have fertility treatment in I don't mm. know, in 2000 <laughs> you but do you know what I don't I think you know that across like I don't think that's exclusively your community like yeah. I, I, I honestly think there's people that I know who I know have had fertility treatment who just have never talked about it yeah maybe it's a generational thing it could be a generational thing but I just and I said to my mum at that point, if we are lucky enough to have children, I will tell everybody yeah. how we, because I want people to feel comfortable to talk about it. Mm-hmm. I just feel the fact that people ask stupid questions when we weren't even trying used to upset me so much because I used to think, is there something wrong already? Yeah. yeah. Be- and when we started trying and those questions came, I was even more upset. And I just think I would want people to think a bit more about what they say. Yeah. Well, you um, you kind of 
um, included yourself in the fertility support Saturday. Yes. So you kind of offered yourself up as yes. someone that would help someone if they got in touch yeah. or, you know, offer some support. I mean, that was amazing. And that was thanks to Becky for setting that up. That's mm-hmm. fantastic. And so many people got in touch. And actually, right. some people got in touch who were Asian or Muslim. And some were just like, I also want to be anonymous of different backgrounds. And you're the first person that one of the first people that have be- said it anonymously and I don't feel comfortable telling people about it Mm. just yet and it just shows that you don't have to be from a particular background to not be willing to share your story with everyone yeah Yeah, it's it's a very personal decision isn't it like I think I tell everyone everything that's going on in my head at all times which pisses my co-workers (laughs) off but but other people like uh, my sister for instance would would not probably tell people about it so yeah. it's it's such a kind of personal yeah absolutely and I think everything is absolutely fine and valid as long as you know I think the thing I worry about if people don't tell don't tell is is kind of the isolation yes. but then of course there are ways of not being isolated which yeah. are you know having anim- anonymity on anonymity. Instagram oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean one thing that we talked about with Yvonne a bit was the the Instagram community yes and, you know she pointed out that there were far fewer black women in kind of TTC Instagram, yeah. then there were like white middle class gobby women like us. <laughs> um, is there a reason that it's been so slow to emerge? Do you think it's just? I think also people don't know that it exists. So I found it on the off chance. Yeah, um, and it's I never knew knew there was such a thing. Mm. And I remember t- I've told my friends I'm like, oh my god, this is amazing community, and they're like, really? That's so <laughs> odd. And I was like, these people check in on me, and they're like, really? This is <laughs> so bizarre. Yeah. And one of them were like, why would you want to be part of that community? Would that not just depress you more? Would you mm. not feel more sad that you're always talking about fertility? And I was like one no we don't always talk about fertility there's other things going on like yeah. your fucking fertility friday which is great <laughs> <laughs> and, and there's also people that um you just want to speak to someone who understands what you're going through mm. like when you hear a pregnancy announcement you think oh i just can't deal with that today yeah there's mm. some days you're great and you can deal with it and it's fine and other days you just really can't cope yeah and just to speak to someone who gets it rather than someone who just listens and just probably yeah. thinks you're a bit weird yeah <laughs> and a bit selfish it. yeah 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 um can we talk about religion yes we can we... <laughs> what a conversation. <laughs> you know, things you shouldn't talk about over dinner yeah. um, so we, we've we've talked about religion we've addressed it a few times on this yes. podcast but it's always been christianity um and and people who've come on have kind of discussed that people in their church or community have a occasionally have a problem with assisted conception is that your experience in your community well in terms of islam i don't profess to be a fountain of knowledge but um, there's different levels of what's seen as acceptable islamically and what isn't so Mm -hmm. ivf and iui and ICSI, that generally is okay but there's difference of opinions so um, some will say if the for example if you did donor or Mm. sperm donation if it's not but from a married couple then it's not something that can be allowed. Okay. Um, so there's different... So, But some will say that is a potential if it's to save your marriage. So there's difference of opinions and it depends on how you practice the faith. And I mm. suppose you could find someone that could fit in with each one. But in terms of all the the other methods, then that's seen as absolutely fine. Go for it. Okay, so like things like taking drugs to... Yeah, increase. that's all good. Cool. And what... <laughs> <laughs> and do you get um oh sorry 
start again. Do you ever get people saying, you know, it's it's God's plan? We get that a lot. And and actually, there are times where I've really struggled with that Mm. and times where I've felt like my faith has really dipped because I feel like this is a bit of a shitty plan and why is this happening? And I don't understand why me. And then at other times it's given me so much comfort Uh and at times I just think there's so many other hurdles I've had in life and God has helped me with that and actually if this is another hurdle then I believe God will get me through that as well yeah so it depends on what how I'm feeling and what mood I'm in and also how I'm feeling with the faith because I feel like faith isn't something that once you're there you've got it forever it goes up and down and there are periods where I've not wanted to pray and I didn't feel like I've questioned do I believe in this and why is this happening Mm. and that can be also difficult to admit when you practice a religion and for me who wears a headscarf and so you're so openly Muslim Mm. so sometimes you feel like you put it on because that's essentially who you've become Uh you can't decide oh well I'm just going to whip it off one day because people would ask you so many questions people have a certain expectation because they see you as they, people judge you by what you you look like uh-huh. so they already have an expectation yeah. and so they expect you'll have a certain level of faith and it's really hard to admit actually no today I'm, I don't want to hear anything about God I don't want you to send me prayers yeah because an, a common thing we have lots of people say well read this or pray this and you know this has worked for so and so she was struggling and she prayed yeah. this and she got a baby and it really winds me that winds me up because it's almost implying that I've not done enough I've not read mm. the right things or I've yeah. not prayed to the right things to get to have a baby but I think there is so much comfort for me personally in yeah. knowing that I trust God mm. and I think it's just I was saying on Insta the the other day that actually is finding whatever gives you comfort yeah so for, for me it's religion but other people might find comfort in something completely different it could be yoga it could be meditation it could be you know watching tv sitting on the sofa whatever makes you Absolutely. feel good yeah. and gets you through this journey it's in like it's interesting that it's kind of your personal relationship rather than what people can say to you. I guess when people say like have you tried this? It's just like the religious equivalent of just relax. Mm. Yes, it's a, that is essentially it and it really I find it worse than just relax though <laughs> because I feel like they're trying to say you're not religious enough or you're not yeah. you've not done the right thing so almost God is holding back from giving you something. Yeah. Rather than also just saying it's God I'd rather someone just say it's God's plan it's yeah. not meant to be yet yeah. then saying well they're not blaming you yeah, when they say it's God's plan right yeah. it's almost like oh well you can't really do anything about it yeah. but you know if someone's saying oh why don't you read this or why don't you have you have you tried that one or mm. this and you just think I don't want to hear it <laughs> I, I used to get before I tried acupuncture I used to get people going have you tried acupuncture yeah. and I'd just be like fuck off <laughs> <laughs> and you tried it and fell in love and I tried it yeah but that's different. it's different I don't like yeah, whatever. She's great. I love having acupuncture, but I don't think it got me pregnant. No, no. Like, I just twice. think that was an, a thing that I did that helped me to relax, mm. but it's not going to, like, make you pregnant magically. It clearly didn't work for me. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, so one of the things that we talked to... I feel like I'm referencing Yvonne a lot. <laughs> one of the things that we talked about her was, you know, how we can kind of encourage conversation in her, her particular community. Is there something that you you feel could happen to kind of encourage more openness? I think the difficulty is is finding someone who's initially feels comfortable to put themselves out there yeah. to attract that. Yeah. So and maybe you would get that, but there's no platform I find which would attract people the most, if yeah. that makes sense. So through the Fertility Support Saturday, it 
made people that were maybe Muslim or Asian contact me because they saw yeah. that that's what I was. Mm. But if you're not part of that community, it's finding somewhere where general people who are struggling with fertility and haven't found an outlet go to yeah. for you to get that contact. And at the moment, I'm not really sure <laughs> where that is. And it could be because it's so hidden, there's nowhere to really talk about it. Yeah. Because like I said, most people just seem to have babies. I, just, I, I mean, yeah, that's, that's what's in it your seems line like, of vision. It seems though, like yeah. every, it's like a really fertile community, which it's, yeah. n- it's not, but it comes across that way. Um, um, would you have any advice for any listeners who are in the Muslim community or Asian who are struggling, struggling and don't know where to start? I think for me, like I said, the Instagram community did really help. Uh-huh. Um, I think in finding a community in real life is a bit more difficult. I've tried to find um, so Fertility Network do some really good yeah. groups, and they did. There is an Asian group there, but it doesn't seem like it meets meets up. It okay. doesn't seem like it's very active. Um, and I've had a look online to see if there's anything out there for um, fertility issues for people that are Muslim or uh-huh. or any other faith such as Hinduism, mm. Sikhism, or yeah. you know or someone who's Asian, and there just doesn't seem to be anything out there. Well, one of the things that people can do is contact you on Instagram. Yes. With your username. Wake up Snorlax. (laughs) (laughs) Want to talk to us about that? (laughs) I genuinely set that up when I was on my, had a virus. (laughs) So it was that period. I set this up thinking, I'm just going to post some pictures. I've had enough of babies. I'm never going to use this. I'll never, I'll never connect with anyone on this. It's literally just my way to use Instagram without real people and then I was like oh I started to get followers and now it's really like it's stuck and now I'm a bit stuck with the name so we'll stick with wake up Snorlax I think it's great yeah and it's wake (laughs) underscore up underscore Snorlax yes cool and Snorlax like the Pokemon yes yeah um okay Nadia it's been such a pleasure having you yeah thank you so so much thank you and thank you for the gifts yeah (laughs) I'm gonna go and eat my egg There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss quality sleep is essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature sleep number smart beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together jd power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store and now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
to report to be honest um i um i guess approaching my are we going to call it a nine week scan basically yeah. the scan where the clinic wanted me to come back in so they could have a look at my hematoma the hematoma scan. the hematoma has it resolved itself hasn't it resolved itself um mm. that is on monday morning um which you know i've had a bit of bleeding here and there since some spots of spotting some spots of spotting a spot of spotting um but nothing nothing scary nothing loads of red blood like it was last time so I'm kind of hoping that that's a good sign yeah um but I've had and I think this is probably the same for everyone who is pregnant maybe I guess I hope I hope it's fucking normal I've got I've just got a lot of random pains going on okay and they're all just like you know some of them are like oh god I don't know if that's Oh, it's a bit, that's a bit sharp or that's a bit this or and it's just this constant like back and forth in my head of like is that normal yeah. isn't it normal should I be worried I just don't know it's just this kind of I feel like if I were a doctor yeah and an expert mm-hmm. which I am not they the doctor would say if you have bleeding and pains that's scary like yeah. heavy bleeding and pains yeah but if it's just like crampy pains mm then it's probably your uterus stretching itself. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. But I've um, we talked about this before, that thing where you kind of focus on someone else's story. Yeah, you find one person to yeah. compare yourself to. Yeah, exactly. And you freak out about it. Yeah. So should I tell you about my person? Yeah. So um, we've talked about this book quite a lot and we've spoken to Richard. Um, His and Hers Guide to IVF. Yeah. There is a chapter on miscarriage. And because Rosie Bray, I believe, had a miscarriage on her second transfer. Yeah, she had a miscarriage. Yes, yeah, yeah. And so the way it went for her was that she had her seven-week scan and all was right. Yeah. Saw a heartbeat, all looking lovely. Uh And then went for another scan at 10 weeks and the baby had died. And so I just keep going over and over that in my head. Like, that's what I'm focused on that's what I'm trying not to have you know what I mean because I do have symptoms so it's not like my symptoms have gone away but so did she and yeah I'm just I just need to stop it's hard though yeah it's hard to not let your head just go to weird places especially at like three in the morning totally um but yeah I mean I'm I'm, you know I'm doing all right I'm um I've got my first midwife appointment on Tuesday which is the day after the scan okay God. Which feels very real. Yeah, it is real. And you have a lot of discussions in that. Do you? Like what? Yeah. Well, like they, they just, they ask you for this exhaustive list of everything about you. Mm. Have you, like your entire gynecological history. Oh, fun. Most of mine I couldn't remember. <laughs> and like stuff about your partner. Like my one's asked me not to bring my partner. Right. Oh, to the first? To the first one. Yeah. Because they wanted to make sure I wasn't like... In an abusive relationship. In an abusive relationship, Jesus yeah. Christ. Um, well, yeah, I, I guess I'm kind of looking forward to it in a way because it feels like it feels like a big departure. It legitimises your pregnancy. Yeah. It makes it feel like yes. it's not fake. In a way that going to the clinic regularly doesn't because yeah. obviously that's where this entire journey has been. The clinic is quite a safe space, yes, I feel I like. Feel, I feel safe there most of the time. 
Um, so yeah, it is a bit of a weird time. And yeah, the other thing I've been grappling with is the fact that um, I am feeling quite ill, um, which I'm not going to complain about because obviously it's fucking lucky to be feeling ill. But I was thinking about, you were saying I should maybe get a baby on board jab badge for the tube. Jab. Jab. A baby on board jab. <laughs> Too used to the needles. <laughs> <laughs> don't need any more of those, thank you. Um, but I'm too scared to buy one. You don't buy them, do you? you, no, just, you get just get them. I'm too scared to get one. I'm going to get one for you. Oh, I'm just... I'm I feel get like... sent to your house. I feel like it's a mistake. I got one. I literally um, filled in a form online the day I did my positive pregnancy test. Oh, wow. And was like, I've given up my fucking seat so many fucking times. I'm just mm. going to wear it every single day mm. until I can't anymore. And then... But it came just as... I started bleeding. Oh, God. So John hid it. Good on John. Yeah, he, he phoned me and he was like, your badge arrived, but I've hidden it because I don't want you to see it, just in case. I mean, that's what I'm scared of, is I'll, I'll get it and then I'll, yeah. I'll be walking around with it on. But also now is when you need it most, because well, you feel rough. Yeah, I mean, I've, yeah, exactly. I, I, don't, I don't enjoy getting on the tube. So you should take a practical approach. Okay, fine. I'm going to put my health first. I might wait until the scan on Monday. (laughs) If the scan on Monday is okay, I will go and get one on my way home. Getting a baby on board badge is not jinxing it. No, it's not. There's no such thing as jinxing. Jinxing is a myth, even though we talk about it all the time. I know. It's impossible to not think of it, I guess. But even if you're not jinxing something, you kind of feel like you don't want to be in a position where it's gone wrong and you're thinking to yourself, well, I'm a fucking idiot because I went and got a baby on board badge like a chump. Yeah. That's what you're trying to avoid. But getting a baby on board badge is not going to cause anything. No. And equally, if I do miscarry, it's not going to really make a difference to how I'm feeling. I'm going to feel like absolute shit, yeah. regardless of whether I have a baby on board exactly. badge. You can ceremonially destroy it. I could do that, yeah. Anyway, that's yeah. me. Okay, but wait, before you ask how I am, yeah, I've got something for you. Oh. Okay. I'm going to explain to you why I've got you a present. Okay. You were eight weeks yesterday. Yes. Happy eight weeks yesterday. Okay. So when I got pregnant, my best friend Sophie, who you guys heard from um, in the fourth episode... Yeah. um, ...sent me, on my eight weeks, sent me a present and said she's going to send me a present every four weeks during my pregnancy because she wanted to celebrate the pregnancy. Mate. And I, at that point, was finding it so hard to celebrate it and to feel good about it and to feel excited about it. Oh my God, you're going to make me cry. Good. <laughs> and I was just like, I can't... Like, I, it made me feel so amazing that somebody was just, just celebrating it without, without any of the like, weird shit that I was going through. So here's a present, and I'm going to give you a present every four weeks. Oh, mate, you don't have to do that, guys. It's a, it feels like a, a glasses case, <laughs> a sunglasses it's case. It's from under the story. It is. Oh, my God. <gasps> mate! She's got me. We went into another stories, and I tried on some sunglasses <laughs> once, and they looked good. And she she's looked really good. for me. I just... Come give me a hug. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I, like you can't do things like this to me in the studio. I'll just stop I crying. know. I did it. I cried when Sophie sent me that stuff. But I just, for me, it, because I was finding it so hard to like enjoy it. Mm. The fact that somebody else was like forcing me to enjoy it was just like incredible. You are a kind and brilliant person. I'm just passing on the love. Thank from you Sophie. so much. 
and Aww. yeah it just fe- it just feels amazing and every four weeks I get a little present so I got one this week oh um and it was it was a little thing of like keels like really nice smelling um like oil Wow. And it was lovely. And then before that, I've had, like, she sent me a lipstick with a little pineapple pin. Aww. And she sent me, like, a framed photo of us. And she bought me lunch one day. And it's just been really nice. She's the best. Just to have, like, a little celebration every time. Mate, you don't have to do that. I know I don't, but it's nice, isn't it? It is nice. <laughs> oh, God. So <laughs> nice. And they're really cool sunglasses. They're very really cool. I'm going to look cool. You're going to look so cool. Summer long. Oh, God. Thank you. <laughs> It's all right, mate. Oh. Okay. <laughs> well, how are you? I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, I um, had NCT this week. Oh. Mm-hmm. How was it? Okay, so I we had to book one for people who were due in July because that was the only one that was happening near us. Right. Like, the other ones were in, like, Ealing and Putney. That's no good. And they're no good, because the, the reason you do NCT is because you, you want to, like, meet people who live near you so yeah. you can pop round for coffee. Yes, yes, yes. In times of crisis. And um, so I was... I am at least five weeks less pregnant than everyone there. Right. And I knew that from, from going there, yeah. like, from the minute I went there. But, man, I felt like a fucking fraud. Oh, God. I just, I like, I think infertility gives you pregnancy imposter syndrome. Mm. And I just walked in and there were all these women there with these giant bumps. Mm. Or like beautiful, like round bumps. And I've still got, I just still look a bit like I've got a bit of a gut. You don't. Thanks. But um, it was it was so intimidating. It was so intimidating. And John, like... John was dicking around before we went, so we were late. Mm. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like, how can you make me more... I just took everything out on him. Mm. It's like, you're making me more anxious! Ah!" And we had to walk into this, like, church hall room, basically. And there were all these people there. because it's Notting Hill, everyone was very skinny and had really skinny ankles, and mine had already started swelling at 10 o'clock in the morning. You know when you just compare yourself to people yeah. and you're like, oh my God, all these people. And there was like, there were other people there who'd done IVF. Like at least one other person there had done IVF. So did you speak about it? I blurted it out within the first 30 seconds. Right. And because the woman was like, so I want you to all get into groups and talk about what the worst symptoms have been. And so in my group, one person was like, well, you know, I get these cravings and it's a bit annoying. And I was like, anxiety, it's an IVF pregnancy, like that. Mm. And this other woman was like, I've got an IVF pregnancy too. And yeah, it has been really anxious. Mm. And then we had to go back into the group and everybody else was like, acid reflux. Mm. And then I was like, well, there were two IVF pregnancies in our group. And then I was like, fuck, I've outed her. Oh. And John gave me this really filthy look, and I was like, oh, God, I've outed somebody else. Well, she outed I just, herself. Like, she did. In a small group. But I still feel like I like, blurted it. I'm, I'm a blurter. I blurt. Yeah, yeah. And, like, oh. And it was just to make myself feel better. It was awful. Just mm. the, whole, the whole situation. I was just so, like, embarrassed. And then also, when I'm in those big group situations. You panic. Well, I just become really gobby. Mm. Like I just talk loads just to get rid of the awkwardness, and a lot of people like don't participate in the group, Mm. and I like over participate and put on my like jolly hockey sticks voice. Well, someone's got to. Yeah, yeah, they do. Um, 
but it was just oh at the end of it I was just like I am a dick I like you know when you're just so self-conscious yeah I was just like everything about me is a dick mate I know but we're going back we were supposed to go back again on Monday night but um the teacher's son got attacked so she cancelled it fair enough apparently he's all right oh my god yeah um so yeah so we're going back again on Monday night okay and it's really like I'm sure it'll get easier it will like it wasn't hard Mm. and what was weird was a lot of the stuff that she was saying I think and there were a few things, there were a few points that the woman made that I was like, really? So there was something about if you've got a breech baby, because mm. you go straight into like the end of pregnancy, wow. which I haven't even thought about. But she was like, if you've got a breech baby, um, the doctor could offer you a, and I can't remember the name of the procedure, but basically it's where they, the, like, they try and turn it round. Mm. Um, or you could use hypnobirthing techniques and just think at your baby that you want it to turn um, she was like the danger with the medical procedure is that it can bring on early labour and I was like I mean that, I'm not going to think at my baby turn turn, turn. Baby, turn and then she was like the husband could and oh that was the other thing a lot of gender stereotypes oh. very straight white mm, group okay. um, but she was like the husband could um, shine a torch up the vagina, but apparently babies are sensitive to light, so maybe that is a thing, but it just seemed very odd. Shine a torch up the vagina? Yeah, rather than go to the doctor and getting the doctor to turn it around, shine a torch up your vagina. Interesting. Yep. I mean, plenty of men have shine a, shine a light up my vagina. And women. Of late. <laughs> but I'm not sure I want my husband to. Do you think the torch could penetrate... The vagina and the cervix. I guess so. And then you're just saying to the... Think to the baby. Come Follow towards the, the light. light. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. That's, so, yeah. NCT, I would say, was quite an alien experience. Mm. Um, learned some stuff, but also felt like just the feeling of being fake pregnant, mm. which I get every time I go to the antenatal clinic. Like, yeah. I don't... I mean, maybe maybe everybody feels like that. Maybe it's not just, like, yeah. us. But I don't think they do. I think they just feel pregnant. Mm, yeah, I think... Well, I think it's because we've struggled to get pregnant mm. that we can't quite believe it's happened. Yeah. And we do feel as we are, we are other to women that yeah. have got pregnant easily. Yeah. So I guess it is the other year. It's in, outsider syndrome. Imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome. Yeah. And outsider. Yeah, well, both. Just not not insider. <laughs> um, so that happened, and then um, the other, the only other thing that really happened this week was that I got. So when you get pregnant, they um, give you this big folder of which you'll get when you go to your yes. midwife thing of notes, and there's like a couple of pages in there that are like, if you feel, if you stop, if your baby stops moving, like come and see us straight away. Don't delay. Give us a call. Mm. And on Monday. So basically, my baby is quite active. Like, it moves around a lot, which I find incredibly reassuring. Yeah, of course. Um, but on Monday, I just didn't get any any movement at all. Mm. And so by, like... Because I'm in work from... Seven, uh, this week, I'm in work from 6am. Mm. So by 8am, I hadn't had any movement. I was, like, slightly freaking out. Yeah. 
by 9am, still nothing. So I started phoning the hospital, couldn't get through, couldn't get through. By 10am, I'm like phoning all the hospitals and they basically told me to go in. Yeah. Still, like, I'm getting like very slight movements, but they talk about a pattern of movements and this wasn't following its pattern, which is like constant congering around my uterus. Mm. Um, and so I went in and it was quite cool because you could just literally walk into the clinic and the nurse was like... Hi. And I was like, can you listen to a heartbeat? Which uh, hospital did you go to? Um, the one that I am registered at. Okay. Um, and so I walked in and she like, she basically looked at me, kind of, she didn't roll her eyes, but she may as well have. Right. Um, You're like, the folder says it, the folder says it. That's what I said. And she was just like, well, there's not, you know, you're 20, I was at that point like two days away from being 26 weeks. And she was just like, well, you know, we can't, there's not really much we can do at the moment. She listened to the heartbeat and the heartbeat was fine. And then she was like, that's it. And probably I was in there for three minutes in total, which is really great. You know, like I was prepared to wait for a few hours. But it was just really like dismissive, I guess. And I I don't know, again... I don't know whether I freaked out because I was like, well, this is it. Mm. It's, it's finally happening. Yeah. I've, I've been expecting this the whole time. You know. Yeah, this is the day. This is the day. Or whether it's just normal. I've got no idea. Because... Well, because you've only got your own experience to go on. I've only got my own experience to go on and I also only talk to people <laughs> who've been through infertility about my pregnancy. Yes. So, yeah, no idea. Well, well done for going. Don't feel like a silly sausage. Thanks, mate. The folder told you to go and you went. Yeah, I did what the folder told me. Yeah, and then I got 10 million messages from lots of people on Instagram, including quite a lot of midwives who were like, we'd rather see you like once a day for your entire pregnancy than you be like, oh yeah, it hasn't moved for three days. Mm, Well, there you go. So... But it's nice, it's nice that there's so many people on Insta yeah. who just know. Yes. But there you go. Right. 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 Yeah. That's the end. The end of the podcast. Yeah. Hope you've had a nice time. Hope you have. Hope you're still enjoying our new format. Yes. Again, always let us know how you feel. Uh, next week we are talking to Lena Chan. Who is the founder of a company called Adia. Yeah. Which is a fertility information company and it's pretty awesome. Yeah. And she has had her own pretty horrible interesting journey. Yeah. And she's just a really lovely, lovely woman. And yeah. I, I met her and um before and I just thought, you know, we've got to have her on because she's just fucking great. It's it'll be a, it's a really nice interview. Yeah, so. it is. And um, so we'll see you next week. Yeah, see you next week. Bye. See ya. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.